Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 7 NFL Best Bets, the bronze, the silver, and the gold picks, which actually have been the gold picks when we go back and look at the records of how we're doing. The gold one's pretty good. The silver one's absolute crap. So keep that in mind as we're going through this. We went a clean 0 for 3 last week in the silver picks because we all took Cleveland. Fortunately, Cleveland gave us some money back this week on Thursday night, which was kind of nice. I do want to recommend everyone out there, smash the like, sub to the channel. We're trying to get to 30k and play in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League. No rake, $15 to play. Link is in the description. Let's fill that before they make it smaller. Why would we try to make a rake-free contest smaller. I don't get it. So please go sign up for that now. And if you haven't tried out runthesims.com yet, you can go to runthesims.com slash mayo to get yourself a discount. Just try it out on the monthly membership. Justin Freeman, my partner at the site, almost took down the big one on FanDuel and DraftKings on Thursday Night Football. Missed it by two yards from Jarvis Landry. They give Jarvis Landry that catch. He double dinks first place in both GPPs. And not my projections. Those are his projections that you get as the baseline unless you want to customize them. So I highly recommend it. RunTheSims.com. People are printing money at least as of Thursday night in Week 7. Rob Pizzola and Cam Stewart are back once again. Rob, I have a few questions for you to start off on this. Just strictly football betting questions. I saw... Actually, do you want to reveal what... Uh, I saw you were taking not necessarily flack on Twitter on Thursday night about that Browns-Broncos game in terms of the line, but can you just explain what you meant to people? Because I feel like people really got it twisted. Yeah, so the, the reality is the, the Browns-Broncos line moved a ton over the course of the week, right? Like opened around five, four and a half, whatever the sports book was. And there was all these concerns about the Browns injuries. So it slowly started to get bet down. And then there was, oh, maybe, maybe Baker Mayfield's not going to play. It gets bet down a little bit more. Okay, now Baker Mayfield's out. It gets bet down. It goes all the way down to a pick em at one point or around one point. And my point that I was trying to make yesterday with what I tweeted is, if you're going to bet the Broncos at plus one and a half, you know, half hour before game time, you've, you've like, you're coin flipping at that point. You've completely missed the mark. You're betting the worst possible number over the course of an entire week using information that's already baked into the market. It's not like it's a surprise. These Browns injuries are a surprise anymore. So the market already moved because of all this information becoming available. If you're going to do that in sports, I mean, you're going to have a serious problem betting on sports because the, at the end of the day, it's about getting good prices. And like Broncos three, three and a half, sure. The early numbers, four and a half, absolutely. But once you start getting down to the worst possible number in market, uh, using information that's already accounted for in the number, then, I mean, what are we doing here type of thing? So it wasn't a, me saying, I played the Browns last night, but it wasn't me saying to go bet on the Browns. It was saying, it was like kind of just this, get the best of the number, bet earlier in the week whenever you can. And people are like, ah, you know, I can't predict where the line is going to go and when it's going to move. But it was very obvious it was going to move in this direction because of all the Browns injuries. So you actually can predict that a lot of the times. And that's just one of the advantages of jumping on injury information very quickly is you end up getting a good number. Yeah, well, we talked about this on the Wednesday spread pick show with me, Jeff, and Tim, that we we liked the Browns to win this game. The number was three and a half at the time. So we just picked the Browns on the show with the caveat of just wait on this number because it's going to crash. Everyone's going to bet the Broncos. At least they say, oh, the injuries, but we're going to jump on this good line. And they would have got a good line at three and mm -hmm. a half. But we said it would probably go down to two, maybe one and a half. And like you said, it almost got down to a pick em 
at one point, and then just everyone funneled money on the Browns. Cam, do you ever middle those situations where if you did take the Broncos at like four and a half, you would then bet the Browns at like minus one and a half later in the week? I don't do it very often. It's just one of those things, but I do do it for college football. It's Pozzola will tell you like these college football lines with injuries, they go nuts. You think that was crazy going four and a half to one, you get a starting quarterback out. You could have a nine point favorite be like minus two. And like, it's crazy. I've seen lines move like 6.7 points, a whole touchdown Pat. So yes, I did that actually last night too, in the UNLV San Jose state game. Uh, I, I did middle the game. We got UNLV. It was six and a half, seven. And then I came back down when the line was down to taking um, uh, San Jose State minus three and a half at middle. They win by seven points. You get a little bit more here. Like that's one of the things I like to do it once in a while, but it has to happen on a, on a game like Pozzola said, where the line goes like three, four points. And I'll tell you, I would tell the listeners, if you're betting college football with injuries, get on top of that because you get great middling opportunities in college football. Are you a big middler, Rob? Uh, it's not my thing, but I, I will say this about middling. It can obviously be very advantageous. Um, what you want to do is you want to end up with a, a positive expected value play on both sides. So, so for example, last night, if you made the Broncos a favorite in the game uh, and you bet the Broncos early, you're not going to play Cleveland back because that makes no sense. That's, that would be a minus EV play. But if your number last night for Cleveland, Denver is three. You, you say the Browns should be a three-point favorite. You played the Broncos early, and then it gets down to one and a half. For sure, you can play back on the other side because your number is somewhere in between there. And people often just make the mistake of, oh, this line has moved a bunch. I'm going to play back the other way. Well, you got to make sure that the, the side you're playing back on is also positive expected value. And for the most part in the NFL or college football, when you're going to do this, you want to do it around key numbers, right? You're always looking for middles around three, around seven. Take seven and a half on the dog six on the favorite type of thing, you know, three and a half on the dog, pick them on the favorite, whatever. I'm just throwing out random numbers, but uh, it's not something I typically do a whole lot because I just don't see a lot of opportunities to do it, uh, but it can definitely be profitable if you find the right game. Do you find that there are any tricks in defining when the spread is going to move one way or another? I mean, there's general perception, obviously, of, oh yeah, this game is most definitely going to move to that side. Everyone I've heard talking about this game is going to push the number because everyone's just randomly going to bet it but i just find it like if you log on to DraftKings sportsbook where we get all of our lines from or any book that you want to go on to like the moment that you see a spread and all of a sudden it's even money or plus 105 that number is moving pretty quickly it feels yes that's an indicator that that side is being bet a little bit and there's a little bit of liability on that side so more likely than not it's going to move that way but say we have just a flat spread i mean most of the nfl market later in the week is going to move based off of injury information or weather information. So for example, early in the week, this week, we saw the Colts 49ers total just really come down. I think came down like two or three points on Monday, which if you look at the Santa Clara weather forecast for uh, Sunday night football, it's pretty ugly. It's, you know, 25 mile an hour winds, rainy night. Um, so people will move off that information. Same with injuries in the NFL. Once you start to see injury reports for teams, you see guys limited in practice, a bunch of injuries starting to mount up, whether that doesn't matter the positions really, but mainly offensive line, uh, skill position players, quarterback and wide receiver are going to have a big impact. You can really start to understand that maybe I need to get out ahead of this line or really pay attention to this situation because the line is likely to move in this direction. Let's get to the gold picks for week seven. Cam, this is the worst slate of the year for me to look at. I don't have <laughs> a strong feeling on any one of these games. Did you, are you feeling yeah. that way or do you feel like, oh, no, oh, I, I got oh. three or four here? Oh, it's grenade time. <clears throat> and the thing is, and Pozzola knows me, 
I like horrible teams to begin with. Like I'm looking going, what losers am I backing? Like, am I backing all of these clowns this week? Like I'm thinking about that. Ooh, the, the bears look tasty. What about Houston getting that many points? Like that's the way my mind thinks is like, I don't know. I've been brainwashed pet ever since I learned blackjack. This wise Asian man told me underdogs, you know, and scared money never wins. And it kind of like, I listened to that stuff for the rest of my life. And I, I love underdogs. It's really hard for me to get on a favorite. Unlike Cleveland, like Pozzola said, when the line goes down to almost a pick them. But here's the thing. I'm going to start with the New York Jets as my gold pick Ooh. against the Indianapolis, uh, sorry, against the New England Patriots today. Uh, these guys are, uh, they're basically, they got some time. Zach Wilson can work on some things and the defense for the Jets has been actually respectable. They're on the field a lot of the time. And I don't believe in this Mac Jones Patriots team. I know uh, they got burned against Dallas, but I think they're an overrated football club. Everyone talks about the genius of Bill Belichick. Well, I think the Jets can do enough to keep this game close. It's a divisional game. I'm getting seven points. I saw on DraftKings it went down to six and a half. But Rob, without telepathically, I said, go on BetStamp and find me a seven. He did. That's what we're going to do right now. Everywhere else, I'm telling you, I need that seven, Pat. But I like the Jets. I think it's going to be a real, real close game. Maybe a field goal game. I love it. And I know it's hard to put money on Zach Wilson and this Jets team. But I think this is a good spot for them. Rested, ready to rock in New England. They're just not the team people, th I think, you know, I don't think they're that good. And I think Matt Jones, he gets a lot of credit. I'm not sure if he's there yet. Zach Wilson has problems. Keep the turnovers down. Give me the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They might win this game outright and maybe lose a heartbreaker. Uh, Cust is all over the Jets this week too. Is the of course yeah, that one's is for it? you? That one's for you, Cust. I saw Cust rant too. I want to be a chef. I want to be a chef. <laughs> Cust, be careful. Be careful what you wish for. I've worked in kitchens before, and let me tell you, next to dentists, when I used to do the study, a uh, high rate of suicide. High rate of suicide between cooks. It's a very high stressful job. Not if you're cooking at like for a couple people or whatever, but when you do in real kitchens, 150 people, guests sitting down. I've worked at lodges, resorts. It's a nightmare. My cook was 400 pounds. He used to throw knives. The guy was absolutely crazy, and he died of a heart attack. God bless you, Stan. He li always liked me because I peeled carrots and potatoes faster than the usual guy. But I'm telling you, it's a high-stress job. Be careful what you wish for. High, high rate of suicide with chefs. Rob, you and I went head-to-head -head on our gold picks last week. I was the public guy. I took Dallas. You took New England. Obviously, we know how that turned out. But we also discussed last week about... You know, being on the right side of a game, even if it doesn't work out. After watching that game, what do you actually think was the right side of that game? Because obviously late, New England should have won and New England should have covered. But at no point did they look like they had any chance to win that game with the way that Dallas was playing. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, factors that go into it. So for, first, it's where the number closed. So the number closed at, at th three or three and a half, depending on the sports book. So taking New England plus four prior to the game, I think is the right side. The second thing I'll say is in game, New England was within the number. And if you look at the live betting odds throughout the course of that game, they were within four for the majority of the game until Dallas went up, I believe, 27-21 later on. So I think that's another checkbox for me. The one that I'll say for you is that it completely right. I think just from a box score perspective, Dallas did dominate the game and got unlucky um, over, I mean, Dak Prescott was obviously in the end zone on that second down before he fumbled on third down. Like there's no doubt. I don't even know why it wasn't reviewed. I guess they didn't have a definitive view. So from just a pure gameplay perspective, I'd say definitely looking at the box score, I would have much rather had Dallas minus four than New England plus four. At the end of the day, it was just one of those where it was like the roller coaster of probability late in the game. Um, and I mean, I think about the amount of things that needed to go wrong to lose New England plus four and 
they, they all went wrong. And I mean, such as life hopefully balances out over time. And that's just kind of the way I look at football. Yeah. I almost wanted to take a victory lap after the pick six. And I was like, <laughs> here we go. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. Then just the next play. Obviously it's going to be like an 80 yard touchdown. I told you guys, but, but Pat, did you guys see this is I told you about the Mexican soap opera. Like when in the NFL, can't we get anything that just is normal and I'll defend Rob, even though he comes at me all the time, he's been on some good picks that have gone sour. If you want to talk about bad luck, that is bad luck. And we get bad beats in this sport, but God, everything has to be interesting. You're, you're, you're covering a game easily, stupid flag raffle, put the ball at the one, you know what I mean? At the two yard yep. line, they'll score easily. It is so easy to manipulate an NFL game through flags or just keep on giving team holding calls, make it third and 65, whatever the hell you want to do. It just seems one of those guys, like guys, I'm watching this stuff. I get it. Very few blowouts, but as I said before, man, like it's just hold your breath. If you're betting tons of money on this stuff, you know what? You got to expect it. Like if you're going to go get mad and break TVs and flip out, I used to do that when I started gambling, but you can't because you've got to expect something stupid or bad luck's going to happen in games all the time, fellas. You know that. The last two minutes of these games nowadays, are, are, like you're never comfortable. I had Minnesota never. against Carolina last week. Oh like, yeah, me too. Like, I'm nightmare. like, what's happening here? Like, exactly. how does this, I mean, uh, well, I know what's happening there. Mike Zimmer is like, you know, Mike Zimmer is that guy that he, he's playing blackjack and he's got like a 10 against the dealer six and he's not, yeah. he's not doubling. Yeah, There's what? no chance. He might. Yeah, even yeah, that's the thing. Up. Mike, you can have any card in the deck. No, I think I'm happy. I'll, I'll stay here. It's like, no, you have to take a card. No, I, I disagree. I don't have to do anything. No, honestly, some of these old guys, I'm getting like parts in my brain where I got holes and I'm forgetting things. These are old guys that are football le- like lifers it's hard man day after day after day a lot of them are just even in baseball you like you watch roberts from the dodgers some of those games pozzola like Mm -hmm. he's sitting there he's aged like 10 years he's frozen he doesn't know what to do it's like limit the damage bro it's crazy man but you're right about zimmer he wasn't he's a good football man but sometimes decision making not so much well we see it late in the game for minnesota almost every single week that they're gonna it's true they're gonna try to blow the game and then like half the time they don't that's <laughs> essentially that's just, essentially what just the a perception is. from me a lot of these yeah. coaches that used to be defensive coordinators they're out to lunch completely like they're, they're the guys that are going to punt back rely on their defense to win them the, like it's 2021 the game has changed a lot and i even hate to say it about bill belichick too like he's completely lost it from that point of view where he's going to punt and rely on his defense like he still has one you look at vic fangio for denver <laughs> Like this guy is absolutely out to lunch. Great defensive coordinator, but put this guy as a head coach and like he's completely neutered as as a head coach. I mean, they're not, they don't go for it. You know, obvious situations. Like, I hate to bring this up again, but we've we've talked about the Browns coaching staff before. Yeah. Compare with the Browns coaching staff last night to what the Broncos, like the Browns. No, I agree with that. Hey, I think they had a game, good game plan last night. And as I said before, we're not going to live in the past, but Case Keenum's that mu- not that much of a downgrade from friggin' Baker Mayfield. They're the same size. They're almost the same type of guy. The Browns got guys back on the line. It's a perfect situation. Their third, th- third string running back Johnson's good. You saw him before. It's like one of those things. The line shouldn't have been manipulated like that because Case Keenum's a veteran. He's played in his system when he was with the Minnesota Vikings. It's actually great. That's why we pounced on the Browns. Mm-hmm. It was a good spot. Yeah, it, it was two. It was kind of twofold. Like one. Keenum right now is better than injured Baker. Like Baker was playing poorly because he is hurt. So putting in a healthy guy who's probably not that big of a drop off in terms of skill, who does know the system and can run it pretty good. And then we got all of the Cleveland injury luck late in the week. Everyone just ended up playing Mm -hmm. essentially besides who like uh, Jack Conklin. Yeah. Jack Jack Conklin Conklin was the only guy who didn't end up playing. 
So that Darn worked dude. out. <laughs> yeah, Richard, it was, I mean, Richard. Remember Conky on Trailer Park Boys? I do. I, oh, man. Richard, Richard. He's Trailer in the Park bog. Boys? What an underrated Honestly, show. Like, I, that, so that episode was on where the dolls in like the bog. I'm pissing myself off. For you, if you guys haven't seen that stuff with Conky and Richard, you got to watch it. It's some real good laughs. Cam real actually, good laughs. Cam actually has a piss jug at his desk and he just yeah. throws it up into the trees <laughs> afterwards. Okay. Here's where I'm going here. Actually, uh, actually, no, I want to cycle back to the Belichick <laughs> thing for a second. When I first started writing about football, it was around like 2009. And then there, I think it was the Sunday night game, Patriots and Colts, when Belichick went for it on fourth and two to oh, ice the game. Yes. It was like 2010, 2011, around that time. Or maybe it was 2009. It was around that time frame. I completely forget. And he got absolutely destroyed for going for it on fourth and two. It was a little like flick pass to Kevin Falk out of the backfield, which should have worked, and it didn't work. It's a lot like the Josh- It was a first down. It yeah. was a first down. It should have been a first down. Sorry to interrupt you, Pat, but that w- that was just a bad spot on that play that didn't work out. Go ahead. But he got absolutely destroyed for it, and then I one of the first big pieces that I ever wrote was, and it wasn't really like analytically based, it was more just me looking at the game. It was like, why wouldn't you go for this? You're averaging like seven yards a play. You have Brady. You have almost everything at your disposable, disposal to get two yards at midfield. Like, why wouldn't you go for this and not have to put the ball back in Peyton Manning's hands? You can just win the game right here. It made no sense to me at the time why people were criticizing that. It's just so weird that, like, a decade later, Belichick is now the opposite of that guy. Like, in the Bills game on Monday night, like, they should have went for it. They did go for it. They didn't get it. Sometimes you don't get it. It's not 100% that it's going to work. But why wouldn't you go for that? I agree. I mean, but, like, now we're starting – at that time, these teams didn't have access to the analytics that we have now just in general. So the, it's definitely changed in, in terms of the data that you have available to you in order to make a decision. It was like revolutionary for Belichick to do that. And that was, in my opinion, one of those cases of definitely the right call and got the wrong result. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what's happened to him over time. I really don't know. And it's hilarious to think of a couple of years ago when, when Brady left New England and the amount of people that were like, oh, Belichick made Brady, like Brady's going to Tampa Bay and now his career is going to fall off a cliff. And I think we're kind of learning somewhat of the opposite now. And that's not to say Belichick at his time, you know, in his heyday wasn't the best coach around because he was, but he, he's lost a step. He's just, it's a different game now. And it feels like he's still coaching like it was 10 years ago. Yeah, he's, he's essentially Pop, Popovich since Duncan retired. Yeah, he's a, he's a dinosaur, essentially. It's, it's, it reminds me of Cam in a lot of ways. I was really nice to you today. So that was really uncalled for. You know what, Cam? I love you as a brother. And actually last night, uh, I was thinking about you in the middle of the night. This is not like a sick, perverse conversation. But I I was feeling horrible yesterday. I was like, had the flu or something like that. Horrible day. Couldn't Mm -hmm. stomach any food. Seriously. After the football game's over last night, I have like an, I finally have an appetite back. I'm like, okay, you know what? Gonna make some popcorn, something easy to eat, whatever. Yes. Ate some popcorn on the couch. I was watching like some Survivor reruns, whatever. Fat passed out on the couch, completely passed out. That's there. a dangerous move. That's. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I first thing I thought, like you know, Cam warned me last week, the most dangerous food on the planet is popcorn. I could have died in my sleep here. People don't get it, but- man. Those kernels, like, and that's the thing. Like when you're, that's the thing. Never fall asleep with it too. But usually, 
Who eats popcorn early in the day too? It's a late night snack, right? You're with your lady watching a movie or you're doing something, you know, you're hungry. It's either for me, you pop in some toast or you eat popcorn. Like I'm not going to make a gourmet meal at three o'clock in the morning when hunger hits, right? And sometimes cereal doesn't gut it. I'm with you, Pazol. I'm telling you, people don't know. I don't know how you want me to do this, Pat. I have rankings, maybe like top uh, gold, silver, bronze, dangerous cereals. Uh, we could do other foods or whatever, but uh, that's the thing. People don't understand. I warn you, just like Pozzola said, popcorn, those little, the skin comes off. If you got a dry mouth or you're feeling sick, it gets stuck in your throat and larynx and you're playing with fire. Good luck to you. I'm just warning you. It's very, 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 you're walking a very thin tightrope with popcorn. What do we think is, if I set the over under at 0.5 of the amount of people who've died from eating popcorn in the last over. 365 days, over. that we're not allergic to the corn in some over. Way. You think it's like a, big you time. actually believe Senior, this is a yes, choking big hazard. Time. Seniors, and I'm not, I know this, uh, people are like, where's Cam Co? No, seniors don't serve grilled cheese because the cheese sticks to the top of their throat and they die. You're telling me that a senior doesn't skip out one day, go to the casino, go hit a movie like the old times, like I'm sick and tired of being on. I'm telling you, I guarantee popcorn has killed way more than 0.5 people. I'm thinking the line should be four and a half, <laughs> maybe more. Like I'd like to know popcorn. Yes. I, I'd like to know too. I, I would, I'd like to. Okay. Well, I don't know how we're going to find out, but I can tell you people choke on a lot of different things. Popcorn has caused a death before guarantee. I just called it dangerous. I didn't say it's going to kill you. I'm just saying you're going to be like, try you, you had problems. You had to get it out of your mouth. It's not a fun situation. That's all okay, I'm but, saying. But, but what are the other dangers? Like if you're going to call it dangerous, and it's not going to kill you. It's just dangerous because it sticks to the top of your throat. Okay, no. But I'll what's the danger you, I'll just give you my gold, silver, and bronze cereals. <laughs> okay. Bronze, Captain Crunch. You oh. got to soak it first or else it's going to cut your gums, okay? I'm not going to say it's going to kill you, but if you like red milk, that's your thing. Two, shredded wheat. The ones that come in the pack. They are, if the wheat is so dry, even if you soak it with milk, it's just like popcorn. It'll get stuck at the top, at the bottom, on your tongue, and you have problems breathing. And number one is a bit of a shocker, but Vector. Vector is a thicker flake, mm. and I'm telling you, I've ate it before. The milk does not crush it down like cornflakes and everything else. It's got little nuggets of something in there, too. That stuff will just, oh, my God. Vector's way worse than popcorn. I've had so much Vector in my throat. <laughs> like, I love Vector, too. It's a good, healthy cereal, but... Uh, it's a very dangerous one. Captain Crunch shredded wheat vector, gold, silver, bronze. There See, you like, go. I, I would put Captain Crunch as the gold personally okh. based off experience because it's basically like eating razor blades when you eat Captain <laughs> yeah, Crunch. Yeah, that's what I said. It's, it's sharp. It's, it's, it's very, very sharp. You yeah, you, I, I haven't experienced the red milk personally. That's uh, that's like oh. a lot of bleeding gums. But I've, I've, I've had some Captain Crunch where I'm like, yeah, no, you're bleeding in your mouth. Yeah, you can, yeah. You can taste a little bit of uh, yeah. it's not good. Yeah. No, it's not iron. I like Captain Crunch as a cereal. I do too. Like, Crunch berries is, I like Crunch berries too. I like all Captain Crunch products. If I could get that, that flavor in a different form, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'd be really happy. Instead like of in a shreddies form or something, instead of like a little like sharp nugget. Yeah. I don't understand. It's that corn fusion that they have with that. It's just not regular. Yeah. You got to really soak it. I right, feel like Pat? there's a lawsuit coming one day. Uh, there might be a lawsuit. I, I, you feel any? Do you feel the same about these cereals? I, I, I don't. I, I don't really. Dangerous? I, I don't. I. I so rarely eat cereals that just whatever my kids have around, I'll finish that off yeah. if they don't finish it. That's a that's the extent of and my it's usually experience. soaked by milk because yeah. you're getting the leftover. It, it's it's very soggy yeah. at that point. So I tried yeah, okay. I tried to research here. You know, I was doing my own research on the internet, nice. and I tried to find out about popcorn death. So I typed in you know death, how many people die of popcorn per year, and one article came up called "Popcorn: Colon Lies, Damn Lies, and 
more false information. So I clicked on it. I was like, okay, maybe we got some stuff in here. And you know, when you click on a website and then like the pop-up will come up, like join this newsletter, turn on your, yes, turn off your yes. ad block or whatever. This one just popped up. So I've left it up here. It just says tired of woke and fake news. Learn the facts about Wuhan vaccine, population control and climate change. Get the facts. I don't know if I want to trust this one, man. I'm not going to lie. I agree, but don't worry. Yeah. And they'll, they'll have a, they'll have a story saying nobody's ever died of popcorn sponsored by over or over corporation or whatever, or Jiffy pop. I'm telling you somebody in the world has died from popcorn getting caught in their throat before we'll find it. Pozzola, do the research and come, come back. Uh, and listen, I, I, I have a lot of things to do over the course of the week. I'm probably not going to spend my time going like, I'm interested yeah. in it. If someone out there can do it and drop yeah. it in like the comments, I, I'll read Please. it because I'm, I'm interested in that type of stuff, but I'm not going to spend like, you know, half an hour. I get and, it. You know, That's fine. That's new, dream, new Dream Theater album is out today. I That's what I got to preoccupy. Oh, here we go. Okay, Pizzola, pick up the guitar and start <laughs> shredding. <laughs> here we go, this guy. More this gold guy. picks. Yes. I, I will give mine. And Rob, this is a question I have for you. I, I said I don't really like any of the games this week, and I don't. So I'm making my gold pick the Dolphins, plus two at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Mm. You can still find it, I'm sure, on betstamp.app at plus two and a half in some places. However, when the line is plus two or plus two and a half, and I think that the Dolphins are just going to win, am I better off betting the plus two at minus 105, or am I better betting the money line at plus 115? Like, is there really that, is there a 20 cent difference between those two points? I guess two it, and a half it depends points. on the situation. So you have to take into account the game total as well. In a lot of cases, this one's like a medium game total around 48. That's going to depend on whether a team's more likely to win outright or not. But in that case, the two numbers you're describing are very similar. Um, and if you're betting them at the same sports book, like DraftKings, it's what's called the, they're creating the money line as a derivative of the point spread. So in fact, they are the same number just in general. It's okay. more so when you're shopping different sports books that you have to compare the one or the other. You know other. what, Pat? In, I'd rather take cases, the two and a half because the way the NFL is with the missed kicks and the uh, two-point conversion and stuff. Now, just for security, I get it. Not everyone's as disciplined as Robin bets the same all the time, but I'm looking sometimes, yeah, you want to take a team on the money line. The way I like to do it is a little bit more on the spread or whatever, but say the Dolphins, what, what are you going to do, right? Say, yep. say, say the game lands on one or two. You're sitting there going, oh, my God. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where I'd rather just take the money line in that situation if they don't cover and win by one or two, which can happen in the NFL. So, so just to add to what Cam is saying here, listen, I'm, I never pay for peace of mind. Like a lot of people buy points in the NFL because it's peace of mind for them, right? They'll buy up from two like and a half insurance. to three. You don't but, need it a lot of the pay, time. But you're paying too much for the insurance in, mm -hmm. in general, right? This is not one of those scenarios, but Cam brings up a really good point because the numbers one and two used to be dead, what we call dead numbers in yeah, the fish NFL. numbers. You'd rarely, very rarely have games land on one or two, but since they moved the extra point back and you get more missed PATs plus more teams going for two-point conversions, you get all sorts of that. So I do think that back in the day, if we had this conversation three, four years ago, I'd never take a plus two and a half just in general, because what's the point? Nowadays, with the amount of games that fall on one or two, I think it's more valuable. So the my, I don't have great logic behind the Dolphins this week, except for if you just open this line... Let's say you opened this line two weeks ago. The Dolphins are probably favored by three and a half at home, and that's probably with Jacoby Brissett against this terrible Falcons team. But now, obviously... Pitts is you know emerging at least he did with Gage and Ridley oh but Gage and Ridley are going to be back they're coming off a of bye week they've played well especially defensively coming out of bye weeks the past few seasons I'm just not buying Atlanta whatsoever and 
I mean, they beat the Jets. Congratulations. They beat the Giants. Congratulations. The Dolphins aren't much better, if at all, than those teams. But I think this is the same quality of team. So I'll take the home team in the heat in Miami. And I thought that Tua looked actually okay. I'm worried that he's scared to run and really put some impact on those ribs. But, yeah, we have a good narrative going this week. I mean, there was rumors that he's going to be traded to Washington in a Deshaun right. Watson deal. So, you know, the, the inspiration that Tua can bring and just hopefully their defense is a little bit healthier this week as it was not against Jacksonville. And all of a sudden we're going to be a whole lot better here. This just feels like Miami should be favored by two. I'm getting two points. So I'm taking Miami. I think the market in this situation is reacting to the rest situations for both teams. And that's part of why this number is where it is because the Falcons are coming off a bye week and the Dolphins played in London last week, and they actually requested at the beginning of the year to not have a bye week after their London game. I don't know why they requested that, but that tells me, and again, I, I, I'm just drawing like a conclusion based off that, that they don't feel like it's necessary to have a bye week after London. And as someone who's traveled to London very frequently in my life, I'm talking three or four times a year, the trip to London kills you. Coming back to North America is not really a problem. So I think maybe people are putting a little bit too much stock into that. I kind of like it, Pat, but I need to see what the cornerback situation is for Miami because they were down there starting two corners last week. And also, I'd like to see them get some receivers back, whether that's Devontae Parker or Preston Williams. They're kind of just at wide receiver and corner are very thin right now, but it could play out in, in, a, in a manner in which they are getting a lot of guys back this week. And then I agree with you. I think actually the Dolphins should be favored in this game. Well, Parker is likely to be back. He's been limited at practice. It all comes down to Howard and Jones. And even if I can get one of them back, I think that I'm in a pretty good spot here. And I don't think that the Falcons are any good. There's also, I, I, I agree. I'm not, I, there's no argument made here about the Falcons. I think that I was ho- actually higher on them in, than market going into the year, but after watching them, the offensive line is a disaster. Arthur Smith coming from Tennessee. I really thought he was going to be able to fix that offense this season. And they just, they just don't have it so far. So uh, I, I agree with you. I think this is a game where it's dolphins or nothing. So, We'll get to Rob's gold pick. I should recap that uh, two and one on the gold picks last week. Rob lost. So three and three on gold picks for the year for Rob. Five and one for me. Five oh and one for Cam on gold picks. We are actually Cam's four and two on silver picks. Rob's zero and six. I'm one and five. And on bronze picks, I'm two and four. Rob's four and two. Cam is three and three. If you were looking for how we have been doing so far this year. So on gold picks as a total, we're 13, four and one on silver picks, four and 14 and on bronze picks, 10 and eight. We all shouldn't have took Cleveland last week as a silver pick. Can kind of goaded us into that. Like I, I said, I don't want to all do Cleveland, but no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'll take the blame. And we did the same thing on our show. We had those stupid hockey dummies on and we have a four box instead of the Brady bunch, the shady bunch. And we all like the Bruins against the Flyers. The minute that's done, you click the Flyers. You can't have everybody on the same damn game. We got that. That was an experiment. It failed miserably. Pat, I'll take heat for it. But the minute we were all on Cleveland, it was doomed. But by the way, that game was done before it even started with Mayfield, the injury, Arizona's up 14. Like that game you knew from kickoff, we're on the wrong side. We were history. Yeah, it was pretty pretty evident early in the game. Fucking bro bullshit pick. It was yeah. pissed me off, actually. It's fucking Browns. I mean, that I team, mean, I, honestly, until last night, I hated that team. But eh, they got a little bit of love back. That's about it. Gold pick, Rob. Uh, I'll, I will stick with, Cam, as Cam put it this week, it's no more animal theme. We're not going to have the animals conversation again. I get it. That's over and done with. But no. the loser theme. Yeah, by week, the way, a like snake's that. a reptile there. I'm not, but continue. They're yeah, also an animal. <laughs> a reptile. <laughs> 
is part of the animal. Thing. Yeah, I, I get it, but it's anyway. We're not going down this road. Just tell me who you like. Well, sorry, what does a snake have to do with anything? Nothing. I was, I, I was just waiting for your smart ass you comment kinda, again. You're just trying to just, deliver some yeah, yeah, information no, that no, I didn't no, know. Just, or? just continue with the mineral pick, please. Okay, I'm just L- going to shut. L- up. I'm going to continue on the loser theme this week. Yes, we've losers. Got, we've got Jets and Dolphins who are clearly losers. I'm going to go with the Eagles, who I think are another big loser, but who are going to win at Las Vegas this week. And I think that the Raiders are just overrated in general. They come off a win against Denver, which looks much less impressive when you consider it in the grand scheme of things after watching Denver on Thursday night football. But for me, there's a key injury that, I mean, a key player that's coming back for the Eagles this week, and it's Lane Johnson, who is missing for personal reasons for the last couple of weeks, who is, in my opinion, arguably the best right tackle in the entire NFL. Jordan Mailata, who is a very good left tackle, had been playing right tackle for them as well, and he now goes back to his natural position. This is very important just in general because they can run the ball on this Raiders defense. And from all we've seen with the Eagles this year, they're very pass-heavy, but it seems like their coach is much more likely to run the ball this week, get a little bit of play action going. I like the matchup for them. Then on the other side of the ball, the Eagles have one of the best pass rush win rates in the entire league going up against an offensive line that frankly isn't very good. I mean, they still have two players on IR with Richie Incognito, Denzel Good. They've had to reshuffle Alex Leatherwood, who they drafted for, as a right tackle to a right guard because he wasn't playing well there. And I think this Eagles defensive line can really disrupt this Raiders offensive line. And we've seen Derek Carr under pressure over the course of his career, and it hasn't been good. So I like to bet on teams that I think can win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I like the Eagles in this game, so I'll take them as a three-point underdog, and I'll be betting them on the money line as well. What's going on, everyone? I need to tell you again about Elevate Hydration from Beam because I absolutely love it. I was feeling a bit logy during the afternoons recently. I'm up early. I got two little kids. They're always sick. They make me sick, and I do most of my filming early in the morning. Then I go to the gym around like noon, and by the time three o'clock hits, I'm gassed. By the time like seven o'clock hits, I want to go to bed after the kids go to bed. I had to do something. So I've been trying to exercise. That really you know, it works for a bit, but then it wears off. And trying to eat better. But I found that Elevate Hydration from Beam started using that because they're giving away free samples. So I got some, like you should as well. Um, really work. There's three specific flavors uh, for your specific needs. You have digestive balance. You have sustained energy, which uh, is Elevate Energy made with caffeine for sustained energy. But I've been using Elevate Recovery made with collagen peptides and branch chain amino acid. They help me recover from the gym for tired muscles and joints, and they're giving me energy throughout the day. I absolutely love it. I, you know, I'm fired up again in the afternoons. It's absolutely great. I highly recommend you do it, and you can get it for free. You don't even have to put a credit card in, nothing like that, because our listeners can get free Elevate sample packs to so try them all out by going to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-M organics.com slash mayo for a free sample pack. Stay hydrated. Highly recommend you try this out. Great for hangovers too, by the way. All right, back to the show. Uh, I guess I will just jump to silver picks and give you mine right now. It's Philadelphia plus three. I see exactly the same thing that you see. I think that the Raiders are now a bit oh, overrated in the market. Based I, like, that on, was, and listen, I was, that was mine too, Pat. So, but I'm going to get off it now. I got you, you that's need to. That, 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 that's Rob's gold pick. That can be already. Listen, Rob, nah, Rob can win gold nah, picks. I don't, it's, it's silver no, picks. We're, we're changing. Win. No, we can't all well, be on one team. It's just bad, bad. I got other things. Don't worry about it. But I like the Eagles as well. I also appreciate your your 
you know, taking one for the team cam, like, you know, you didn't have to do that. And I think that shows the character that you have as a human being. So Cam, who will be your silver pick then? Well, what are we doing here? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go. I I wrote down five games that I like. I'm doing the New York two-step again. Oh no. Worked Back in the day. I'm taking the giants. Why? I'm taking the New York football giants for a lot of reasons. It's a sucker line. I think Carolina's got a lot of injuries that people aren't talking about in the secondary. Sam Darnold returning the scene of the crime. Who cares? The guy, the guy fucking sucks. He's horrible. He was horrible in New York where he's there. He's horrible in Carolina. He's regressed. Everyone down the narrative, judge this and that. Judge actually took a shot of himself this week talking about the, fi- the stinky fish head. You know, he's like uh, the smells from the head and it goes on. down. I get what he's saying. I used to have a dog that rolled in dead salmon. It's a horrible, horrible odor. And I will take the Giants. This is a fu- this is a bad football team, but I don't care. I'm getting three points. Pat, they win this game outright. Carolina, it's a sucker line. I'm just saying that, like, you know, it just feels weird the whole week. This one is basically not just evaluation of game. It's a line that they put out. I'll take the three points with the G-men this week. I think Daniel Jones actually does well and wins this football game outright. I'll take the points. So you can shop this around. It's now two and a half. At two and a half? It used to be three and a half. I actually think that this is a sucker line the other way because the Giants are terrible. And Carolina, after watching that Minnesota-Carolina game, I've beat on this a whole bunch of times this week, so I don't need to, like, repeat myself a bunch. But Mm -hmm. I think Carolina had nine drops in that game last week. Like, Darnold was hitting guys. They just weren't catching it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But I still think Carolina stinks. Let me put it this way. Who do you like in the game? If if you're asking me to pick the game, I'm going to take the Giants. If I had to. I don't like the game. But here's the reason I, I, I... Here's a re- what's keeping me off of the Giants. Obviously, they have a number of injuries on offense. We all know about that. It's the Carolina pass rush against the Giants offensive line. And we started to see like the old Daniel Jones that he starts to face pressure and he kind of shits the bed. That's what scares me. But I don't think Carolina is deserving of this price tag at all. I think Sam Darnold has gone back to the Darnold of old. And yes, there were drops last week, Pat, but he was 10 for 30 at one point in the fourth quarter last week. Uh, and like the Vikings don't have this stellar defense either. It's just uh, ugly, ugly. I mean, we're looking at this board this week, and it's pretty much disgusting across the board. So that's um, that's the that's the NFL. It gets disgusting. Like I got to be honest with you, last week was pretty disgusting too. Other than like it's more disgusting this week because what we have favorites of twelve and a half, seventeen and a half, and it, there's some bad matchups this week. You're right. Like like what's a good game this week? Like, what is Baltimore-Cincinnati, I would consider, like, an upper echelon game? Yeah, Tennessee and Kansas City is going to be a fun game. That's a good game. Excellent point, Patrick. You are correct. People want to call you you Patrick. I I have a buddy named Patrick. People want to think Sunday Night Football is going to be a fun game, but it's not going to be a fun game at all. Not two teams that I enjoy watching too much, but it could be it could be a good game. Like, Colts 49ers would probably be a good game. It'd just be, like, one of those where it's a sloppy good game, right? It's a good game. It's all right. All right. So Philadelphia plus three for me. Giants minus two and a half for Cam. Rob Silver pick. Let's get off. No, 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 no. no. Giants plus three. Giants plus three. Oh, Giants plus three. Yeah, sorry. I was trying to give you five and a half points the other way. Sorry. I'd love the three and a half. I can't believe it's down to two and a half. That's absolutely. See, guys, like Pat, you got to say. So I got to notice something about DraftKings since we've been doing the show. These guys are sharp. They're putting these lines there. That is a definite move to attract like people who just got into the betting. Oh, Carolina minus two and a half. Click, 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 click. I could be wrong here, but that's what they're doing. A lot of these games, right? Like instead of putting it on the seven, the three, 
they'll take the half point and hope for uh, one-sided action and hope they get pumped. Well, is that it, right, Pozzola? Well, is that what I'm seeing? Well, what, I, what I'm seeing here, too, although I just saw the spread in Arizona go from 17.5 to 18. That's always fun in real time. But I'm on the New Jersey DraftKings Sportsbook, so I think that they always short the Jets and Giants lines because people in oh. Jersey are just going to bet on them anyway. I thought they just hated betting on their teams and actually it would go the other way. Like those guys are so negative. They always shit on their teams, but okay. No, that makes sense. I, I think so. Sense. That, that would be my best guess. Pizzola would know better than both of us. I, I don't. So I, I don't bet a lot in the U S regulated market, but I, I don't know that DraftKings has different lines for different States. Regardless, like I'm going to call it out for what it is here. This is not a shot at DraftKings because I actually do like DraftKings as a brand in general, but most of these sports books are copying one another anyways, right? So they'll see somebody that's taking a heavy bet that moves towards the Giants and they're all going to move towards the Giants. It's not a DraftKings thing. It's an industry-wide thing, but that's probably what happened here. You got a big offshore sports book where the money moved a little bit towards the Giants and then everybody followed suit. All right, silver pick, Rob. 0-6, make um, it 1-6. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, man, this is a, this is a rough week. <laughs> Drop the mic, baby. Sorry, oh, no, that was, the that silver was, picks that have been horrible. <laughs> they haven't even been close to covering. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I'm one in five. Just, just I can't made his tone right there, just the way he's. Okay, Rob, make it one. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like that's going to make me feel a whole lot better at the end of the uh, week. Well, you heard everybody wrong. else's feelings, Robbie. Sometimes you got to take your own medicine, buddy. That's that's the way it works. Yeah, I, I don't care. I don't yeah, care, exactly. Man. Yeah, picking, no, you don't care. Picking don't games care. on a Friday. You just want to go to the Dream Theater content. You couldn't care less about the silver pick struggling. Let's they go. can't. They canceled the Dream Theater concert like a couple weeks ago. It was yeah, very, very depressing. Yeah, can't see got concerts COVID. in Toronto right now. It's really unfortunate. Tough Very breaks. Good. Yeah, that's that's life. Right? All right, silver pick. Yeah. Let's get, keep this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chiefs. I'm gonna lay five with the Chiefs against the Titans. Um, Titans coming Ballsy. off a big win, prime time. I think that plays into this number a little bit, just in general. I mean, you talk about the Chiefs. Uh, the, the Bills closed as six and a half point favorites in in Tennessee. Now you got Kansas City in the four and a half five range. I I just think that this is a matchup where the Chiefs' offense can dominate. And the Chiefs offense has been getting killed on turnovers so far this year. There was a couple bad ones last week, one right through Tyreek Hill's hands. Um, Nicole Hardman dropped a, 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 had a fumble as well. Mahomes threw a horrible interception as he was getting sacked. At some point, I just don't think the Chiefs are going to turn the ball over three times a game anymore. And I don't think it's going to be, I think there's a very good chance that it's this week against the Titans who just don't really have a great defense. Like a lot of people are talking about how great Tennessee's defense played against the Bills on Monday night. They gave up 31 points and it would have been 38 if Josh Allen didn't slip on a quarterback sneak. Like that, if that was the best performance that they had on defense, then I just don't see how they stopped the chiefs. And then you add in all the injuries that they suffered on Monday night football. They lose Taylor Lewan, their left tackle. They lose more players in the secondary. Caleb Farley, who just can't stay healthy, gets hurt again for them. It's looking rough for them. Uh, Julio Jones as well. Like now it's just very much, it's much easier to just cover AJ Brown, who by the way, still can't eat for some reason. I don't know what kind of food poisoning this guy had or where he ate. I think he said it was a Chili's or a Chipotle or something like that, but I, I don't know about any food poisoning that lasts an entire week. So that's a bad situation for them as well. I just think that the chiefs, uh, I, I like this price. It's a little bit too short. I would have made this game closer to seven. So I'm laying it with Casey. Do you think that the Titans are getting a bit overvalued because of the Island game? Obviously, they beat the Bills, but now the entire narrative the past three weeks or three days has just been Derrick Henry could be MVP. He's that good. 
Well, he could be, and and he could run all over the Chiefs as well. The Chiefs don't really have a, aren't a great run stopping team in general. But at the end of the day, I trust the Chiefs' offense to score so much more than I do the Titans' offense. And the reality of the situation is, we forget like Tennessee lost at home to the Jets. Like this is they 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 the, the Titans are not a good football team, and they've beaten the Bills, and now that's created this you know this this persona or or, or this belief from the general public that. They are a good football team, and I think any team can beat any other team in the NFL on any given day, and we saw that on Monday. But uh, I think this this is a, a reality check for for them with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs coming to town. All right, well, let's get to the bronze picks. I've had a lot of success the past few weeks letting you guys pick, and then we run through like the three or four shortlist ones that I've had. We've landed on the right one, so I thank you guys for that. So, Rob, we'll stick with you. Bronze pick for week seven. This is a tough one um, because all the games suck again. And I'm trying to I, listen. I'm, I'll take Washington plus seven and a half. Yeah. Against. Yeah. Green Bay. Um, not so much because I like Washington. Uh, the line has moved obviously from nine and a half to seven and a half, which actually isn't a huge move because again, you're moving through like some dead numbers of eight, nine. So I'm, I'm fine with the seven and a half here. There's a couple things to keep an eye on here. One is that Green Bay plays Thursday night football against Arizona. Mm. which is a massive matchup in the NFC could determine home field advantage in the playoffs. There's a lot of playoff implications for that Thursday game. So very easy for them to just want to get out of this Washington game healthy with a win. And I will say this about the Packers. You look at, they've won two games by double digits this year. One was last week against the bears where it was pretty much close throughout. And then they sealed it with a late touchdown. And the other one was that Monday night football game game against Detroit where they were down at the half and Detroit still had a chance to backdoor in that game. If you remember the Packers are not a team that puts teams away. They methodically drive up the field. Now it's not a lot of big plays anymore because all the other teams just double Devonte Adams. They methodically work their way up the field very slowly. They're not a great red zone team anymore. And then when they do get leads late in the game, they play this super soft prevent and let the other team work their way all the way down the field. And personally, Washington's cost of like a lot of people, a lot of money this season. So no one really wants to back them. I think this is a good spot to back them where the, the final against Kansas city was a little bit misleading last week. They had some bad luck in the second half. They there. were there. So they were there for the first half, at least in the second half, everything just kind of went against them. But uh, I like the seven and a half points here. I, I think this should be seven or less. And I think the Packers are a little bit overrated by market right now. Not a team that's going to win by large margin too often. Cam, bronze pick for you, sir. Pozzola stole my uh, thunder there. I love Washington this week. I All think right. actually this game, Green Bay, is going to squeak out a win. And the other team, you want to talk, people talk about narratives and crap. Just look to what the next game is. Houston is actually another team at plus 18. It's between those two teams. I'll go with Washington. Pat, if we had a beryllium copper pick, it would be Houston now that it's plus 18. But I'm with Pozzola. I trust the Washington football team more. I don't like all of us having the same picks, but I think this is a bad spot for Green Bay. Huge look-ahead spot. They want to get out of D.C. alive, squeak out a three, four-point win. Hell, they can win by seven. Just don't win by eight. That's the thing. Washington can hang with these guys. They've had some bad luck as well uh, down, down the stretch in games. They've actually been tight against Kansas City for a while. They, they've fallen apart. If they could just keep it together for a while, don't get rattled, I think they could hang in this game. And I'm going to tell you, they might be Green Bay might be on upset alert. I'll take the touchdown and a hook. Jimmy, the Washington football team. I agree. And I, Pat, I'm telling you, I'm crazy. Arizona's worth a look at 18 too. Watch out. 
big game next week. Look ahead spots for both uh, Green Bay and uh, Arizona. I did see that in like neutral pace and neutral situation so far this season. Arizona is absolutely demolishing everyone. That's the problem. When the game actually matters that they can just score so, so quickly. So that one, I mean, I took the, I took Houston on the show at plus 17 and a half. Not going to be betting the plus 17 and a half. It's just the Cardinals feel like they could win by 40. And it's almost like the Tampa Bay game with Chicago where that's up to 12 right now. And, my heart tells me that the Bears cover that game, but I've just seen Tampa yeah. steamroll these crap teams way too often, especially at home. I, that I got a question then, guys. Out of the big ones, who what what team out of the big spreads, who's gonna get blown out? The Lions? I think Is the, that Lions, the one favorite, I, the Rams, yeah. like just murder the because all the other ones I can make a case for the Bears, Arizona. Washington, like, I, I don't know. I, I got to like Detroit can't score. That's the whole problem. Like I'd love to take the lions, but they're awful. And I do, I, I do think that there's going to be, I mean, I, I know Rob, you probably can't factor this into your modeling, but I think that the Rams want to embarrass the lions. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, listen, I, I don't. They're gonna, I don't they're really gonna like try the to. Narratives. They're trying to. They're gonna make things as like McVeigh's gonna break out some. Oh, take a look at what I can do with Stafford. And that defense is gonna try so, to make goof look. You, you think really like the friendship with Goff? It's kind of like I didn't like the way I handled the situation with Goff. Like it's more like we're gonna punch you in the face again and embarrass you. No, more I, I, I think it's more like, hey, this is why we made this trade. Look, yeah, fair enough. And it won't I mean, be. It won't be like, hey, let's possible. go into prevent halfway through the third. Like, we're gonna yeah. keep playing defense in this one. We're not gonna let. Uh, it's like all the Lions accumulate all their fantasy points with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. I don't think the Rams it's are true. gonna let them do that. Yeah, yeah. The, and the and the Rams to to be honest, they're they they're pretty good at winning by mar- like you look at against the Giants. Uh, they just kind of demolished the Giants and never really looked back in that game either. So it's one of those teams that can't separate. Uh, but like. I I I'm just not a big narratives guy. Like I could say this is no the narratives are st- do the opposite of narratives. That's the whole how you win money. Then, narratives then, then take like the last Lions. night in baseball. Oh, not- the, the Los Angeles Dodgers are done. Blah 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 blah. Then they come back and win with spot pitching, and then it was the same game the game before. Do the opposite of what spo- what people are saying, Rob. I mean, I I don't I I think that a lot of times the perception doesn't mirror reality. A lot of people are yes. talking about how this is a. You know, a big game for the Rams. They want to show off Stafford. It's a huge game for Jared Goff. Like, this is the team that yeah. traded him. Yeah, but he sucks. That said, you're no good. And he does suck. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, he's, he's he, stinks. Bad, yeah. he stinks. Yeah, he's, he stinks. He's got he's small bad, hands. Yeah. He's got no brain. He's got a lot of problems with Jared Goff. No brain. Yeah, see, you keep on. The guy went hey. to Cal Berkeley. Like, I just don't. Okay, no so, brain. He's just not a good quarterback. No football IQ. Okay. The guy could not read a defense. He okay. actually, the yeah, Rams, like Sean McVay literally had to rush him up to the line of scrimmage so that yeah. they could get set up and McVay here, could here, tell him yeah. what the defense was in before they lost the uh, communication at, at 15 seconds. That's left. right. No, so that's he doesn't true. have a good football IQ. Apologies to the Goff family and to Jared himself. It's just not very nice to call somebody for, stupid unless you really know that they're stupid. But anyway. I didn't use the word stupid. I tried to make it a little more classy with no brains. It's a little <laughs> yeah, bit more classy. Yeah, no, no brains is, is nicer than stupid. Okay. Put it, put it this I'd way. rather all, be called stupid than all, no brains. All Rob they're is saying bad. that during a yes. zombie apocalypse that you know the goof would be fine. <laughs> goof. <laughs> I just realized, too, in that box, how we do this show, like, 
my head eats yours and Pizzola's head. Like, like look at the size of that. Like, Pat, like you have a nice proportioned head. Like, my head takes up the whole damn square. Pizzola, you're kind of in the middle, and well, Pat's head is a normal size. You guys are very still, and I'm like a bobblehead. I'm around all the time, so it's still, kind of like really weird. That's at work, not... they like they want to put handcuffs on me because I'm moving so much. Yeah, no, but I'm but, not but, but additionally, you're very close to your camera. We this is yeah, this yeah, is the yeah. only way That's... that we can get you into the box is at this angle. <laughs> you're like the Wizard of Oz. I don't know what the hell I am, but my cranium's the size of a bowling ball. <laughs> All right, 16 so pounder. I got yeah. I, I got some shortlist games here. I, I my only point on the narrative stuff was like if you had to pick one of these big favorites to cover, I think it would be the Rams. They would be my best games. Yeah, it's tough. I'd say yeah. Bucks for me just because I, I I don't think the Bears can pass the ball. Like to See, beat the Fields Bucks, is not ready. It's pretty yeah. simple. He's you not got, ready. You got to beat go. their secondary, and I don't think the Bears are a team that's methodically going to move the ball up the field passing. Uh, no, but right the, now, but so. but they're not, but Fields. The one thing that he'll do is he'll just chuck it down the field. That he will. You might get lucky with a pass interference or a bad secondary, and they just convert a few of these long plays. It's possible. In like I mean, garbage it's the time. NFL, we're flipping yeah. a lot of yeah, points. It's the, it's the Jalen Hurts playbook. Throw it up and hope for the best. No, Hurts mm-hmm. is so great. I love Hurts so much. I wish he was like good, but he's like not. So that's a problem. But to watch him, yeah. it's like, oh, what's going to happen now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just roll out and go chuck. Well, well they, you know exactly what's going to happen. Hey, it's well, going to be, he's going to drop back, look for a receiver, not find them, roll out to his yep. right, and then throw it down yep, the field. There it is. Pass hey, it or just run the ball what? out of bounds for a negative two-yard loss hey, like, maybe, for no reason. Maybe he'll get it together. I was Listen, I love Josh Allen as a rookie because every time that he dropped back to pass, literally anything could happen. And it just made him super entertaining to watch. And then he got good. So maybe the same could happen to Hurts. Who knows? He doesn't quite have the arm strength of a Josh Allen, but we'll see. So I, here's my short list of three games. I know where Cam stands on one of them. I have a feeling that you guys are going to be on the opposite side of all three of these because they're kind okay. of, they feel like very squarish plays, but I just happen mm-hmm. to think that one side is better than the other. One I've already talked myself out of, and I really want to take the Saints minus four and a half in Seattle. But I keep thinking that every time that the Saints are more than a field goal favorite, do not bet on them. And any time that they're less than a field goal favorite or an underdog, bet on them. That seems to be their strategy. So that was a short list one for me. Carolina, two and a half. I just think that Carolina is way better than the Giants. Uh, I think that Darnold's better than Daniel Jones. And I actually do like their pass rush. It's been one of the better pass rushes so far in football at pressuring the quarterbacks. Put Danny Fums under pressure, and you know how badly that can go. And Stephen Gilmore might play this week. So secondary problems could be somewhat resolved and then you know, we just wait for jc horn to get back i think i'm higher on the panthers than a lot of people are but the biggest one to me what i feel like is the biggest mismatch and you kind of scared me off with the weather in this game in sunday night but i just think that the 49ers rob outclass the colts almost I, everywhere I, on the field i love it pat and that's the only square play like out of those games everyone like and i'm the president of the colts foundation they've been great to me all year every week we bet them against miami whatever i'm on them against baltimore as a dog not this week the 49ers got to get things right, and I love that pick, Pat. I think the 49ers beat the Colts by 11 points. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to get absolutely murdered in this game. Uh, I like San Francisco. I don't yeah, care if it's square. Like, Indianapolis can't block is the problem, and I, Wentz has been pretty good, essentially, since week one. Yeah, but, yes. But, but just go back yeah. and look what's happened to them in the past three weeks now that you know, they're rejuvenated and everything like that. They beat Jacksonville, and they beat Miami. Great. And they gave mm-hmm. the Ravens a game, which they ended up giving away anyway. Uh, they should have won that game going out. And they eventually just Baltimore did what Baltimore does, came back in that game and they couldn't be stopped. I just see that the Niners are a 
lot healthier. Jimmy G is going to be playing here. I mean, Lance long-term is obviously going to be the key, but the stability that Jimmy Garoppolo brings to it, hopefully the Cav is all right. The offensive line looks like it's going to be okay. feels like they're just going to run down their throats, and they have no one to block this front seven for the Niners. The first, my first inclination on this game was that I liked the Niners quite a bit. And then as I went through it, I kind of talked myself out of it and more so into the Colts. So one of it, one of the reasons is this is a, a, a spot that the 49ers just struggle with in general, which is these home favorite roles. They've never done well in, in these roles under Kyle Shanahan. You now add in the potential of inclement weather. I think that benefits the underdog and the team with a really good running game right now in the Colts who get... Quentin Nelson back on the offensive line, the right guard, the right tackle, Braden Smith. So this is going to be the first time all year that they have their entire offensive line intact, which I think is big for this team. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's the Colts survived with all these injuries that they had on both sides of the ball. And now they are going to be finally healthy with the exception, I think, of Paris Campbell, who's going to miss the game. Uh, but I, I can see such a wide range of outcomes here. I'm not talking you out of it. It's more so that I've, I liked the 49ers at first and I have talked myself out of it in the sense that I'm just not interested in, in laying this price tag with them. Yeah. The issue is, is who's, who is going to be the guy who lost all his money on Sunday. We get to Sunday night and be like, you know what? I'm taking the Colts. I just feel like that's not happening. It's going to be just like on Monday night when the guy, the, the guy takes the Niners and loses on Sunday night. Who is betting on this like Geno Smith plus four and a half Seattle team? No. So, I'm, just, gonna, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, Pat. Some, whoever loses their money on, on Sunday, well, let's be honest. Everybody's betting Sunday night football, whether they win or lose. They're either going to put more money on the game if they were winning or they're going to chase their losses. But they're going to get to the Sunday night football broadcast and they're going to see all the rain that's happening in San Francisco and all the reports of the wind and everybody's going to flood in on the under, in my opinion, in this game. Like, I think anyone who got the early, unless there's a, a significant change in the weather forecast, that's all they're going to talk about in the pregame up to this. I don't think that the side is going to be like a, a heavy selection. I think it's going to actually be pretty split. Um, my personal thoughts on that. I think it's going to be close to 50-50, not a lopsided Sunday night football like what we saw last week with, uh, who was it, Steelers and Seahawks, where everybody yes. was the Steelers, right? Yep, that, Seahawks I, were the play. I think yep. that happened in all three primetime games in week six, that the massive, like, public side just got taken out in terms of the spread like philly ended it, up covering it, late seattle ended up covering late what was, yeah. the, what was the sunday night game or the monday yeah, that, night that was the, the monday night was, game the monday, monday night, night game was Buffalo. the titans yeah but you're right but also let's like let's for a balancing act all the public sides on sunday afternoon one as well like yeah. i like to i like to give the 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 whole story here it's not like I'm not a fade the public guy. Again, I've, I've explained the reasons for that in the past, just in general. I think there are some things that there are like narratives out there that certainly you can fade, but I'm not just going to look blindly at what the bet percentages are on a game and take all the ones that are being less heavily bet because I have to pay to do that. Minus 110. The sports book gets plus 110 because yeah, people are uh, no, betting. I, I understand. I'm not necessarily looking at like the public bet percentage. It's more just of a perception yeah. thing. Like when I see people right. giving yeah. out picks for a game and I've looked at 30 people on my Twitter feed and they all give out the same bet, it's going to lose. Yeah, then we got I agree with you. Like if everyone's going to go on one side, I, I, I'm not saying you can do it for every single game. Like a perfect example might be like, I admit, I do that a lot. I am a fade the public guy a lot of the time because I think some of these lines are ridiculous. And I think a lot of the time, guys, the books bait people. That's my opinion. But I'm going to say this, like, look at Cincinnati. And me and Pozzola, Pozzola, one thing you told me a long time ago, and I've and we, we've known this, publicly bet underdogs is the worst 
place to be on. Still, then, the past, whatever. That's why Baltimore, like, I want to take Cincinnati all week. Everyone's going to look at Cincinnati as a dangerous underdog. That scares me off them. That's the whole thing. Publicly bet dogs are a nightmare. You want to be on those dogs that people don't think about. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Remember in Talladega Nights where, uh, you know, if you're not first, you're last. And then Ricky Bobby's dad comes in and he's like, if you're not first, you're last. Like, I was, I was drunk and high when I said that. And Ricky Bobby's like, you know, I've, I've been... I've been using that my whole life. Like uh, that's my, my I have been using it my whole life. I don't care. Draw drunk and high. It works. The the publicly backed underdogs thing was something I said to you 10 years ago when I was definitely losing betting on sports. I'm just going to throw it out there and say, are you nuts? Publicly bet underdogs never win more than they lose. It's a fact. You bet every public underdog, you're going to get murdered. You're, You're like, you're murdered. Rob, Pizzola, you're just saying this now to get me. No, fired no, no. Up. I, I, Rob, Rob I can, I can put you on an email list that I just signed up for that just gives you the facts about things. And that might be one of them. I, w- I would love, I'd love to see it. I mean, I, I, yeah, I need to, I need facts. the popcorn facts. I definitely need the popcorn facts this week. I need the publicly backed underdog facts. Publicly I probably- backed underdogs do not win more than they lose more than they win. One person in the world has died from popcorn getting caught in their throat. I'm almost willing to bet my life on it. Popcorn caught in their throat. I mean, it, I, I think you're probably right. I think it's, it's happened at some it's point. It's got to happen. Do, do, well, in terms of the public bet, I mean, I think that we talked about this last week when it came to the Bengals and Lions game. It's like when I just looked around, it's like, oh, Lions definitely yes. covering three and a half. It's like, all right. Yeah, and look what happened to that pick, Pat. I was on the Lions last But that is the most recent example of this that, like yes. Rob said, like we remember the primetime games, but we're not remembering – I was on Dallas last week. That was probably the most like heavily bet one side by your average jabroni, like myself, just betting Dallas minus four, minus three and a half. Oh, it went down. I'll bet it again. It worked out. Maybe, maybe it shouldn't. So New England wasn't a total public underdog though. People bet on Dallas because of the spread. No, I, three. I, yeah, I'm saying that everyone was on Dallas. and It wasn't a publicly backed yeah. underdog, but in terms of fading the public, the public was on Dallas okay. last week. Well, listen, our, our silver bet last week, Arizona was a publicly backed. Like I can find, I can find a lot of individual scenarios. In the long run, my whole point is that this is my process in general. I don't really care what other people are doing on a game. I'm gonna, I'm going to evaluate the game as I see fit, and I'm going to bet the game. That's me. Everyone has their own ways. That's what works for me. And that's it. That's, that's, that's all I'm getting at. And Cam, the, all I was trying to say is that when I, I, I used to say that all the time, I recall this was 10 years ago when we first started working. I think together. it still works. I do. I personally do not buy into that anymore. If it works for you and that's something you believe oh, in, I'm not I'm there. sticking to it, but I would never, I would never give somebody that same advice anymore okay well whatever i just i don't bet public public underdogs in my opinion are dangerous that's we all. see eye to eye on a lot of things we see eye to eye on oh, yeah we both like washington this week cereal Hope it know, works washington. out yeah there's yeah. a lot of stuff we see eye to eye on so yeah, i'm not yeah. trying to you know, so, I don't know I, you're I, trying I, to butter me up now you hate all the nope. bands that i like you say no one dies from popcorn you like you scoff you mean i hate stuff. all wait sorry so i hate <sighs> on all the bands that you like <laughs> Yeah, you think they're all We're, losers because they because they're what because they can't shred like no nah, some part no, no. of music is just it's lyrical and it's got to be whatever not everybody has to be a fucking you know a piano star or whatever sometimes guys who can play they just play in a different way anyway I'm not going to get into this with you today we've always fought like you 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 need you think you need to shred to be like somebody no uh, no, no amazing no. like fucking Satriani it wait wait work a that second way. here there's no no, no guitarists no. that play sloppy Jimi Hendrix wasn't perfect he's amazing. 
the I'm best going of to all defend time. myself here because you're painting me you're you're painting me with a brush that is not correct in I the, don't think I am. I, I you are. I have my musical preferences. Yes. I like to listen to progressive metal, progressive rock, songs that have time yeah, songs with what, what with elves and fucking warlocks and dragons and maybe, all maybe. sorts of shit. Maybe if that's what they write about that's fine. Fair but enough. that's what I like to listen to personally. That does not mean that I do not respect bands outside of my own personal preferences. Yes. Like, for example, I don't listen to Coldplay. Do I think Coldplay writes some really good tunes and they're great songwriters and very talented? Yes, I do. That's not for me. It's yeah. for other people. Fair enough. Okay. And you're, you yep. know, Neil Young, Cam, you're a huge Neil Young fan. I've never liked Neil Young. It's not my thing. It's that's very... Fine. You know, huh. that's okay. No, it's cool. Hey, no, I like it. Anyway, we're not going to get into like our libraries of music and songwriting, whatever, but no, no I, I, I just, I just want to put music is sub a lot of things yes. are subjective, but it, yeah, it's not like good shit, whatever. Like, you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. I'm not, I never say what you listen to is crap because I, I, I don't believe that. I mean, I don't. I, it, it works no, for yeah, you. Yeah. This is a long story, Pat. This, this has gone from the time me and Pozzola played together, like like different bands. Like I'm into the early 90s shit, like Mud Honey and fucking Pearl Jam, Dinosaur Jr. That's what I grew up on, skate rock. And it's not as clean and crisp as metal, but you know what? It's what I like. So just like my fucking process when I bet, you know what I mean? I look at it, I go, too many people are on that side, whatever. I'm not going to say I don't, like, I look at numbers too. I think there's a misconception that I just look at the public. Oh, 90% on this time. No, you look at situations, but you got to look at line movement too, because this game's all about books making money and, and their, their job is what, what, what is the job Pizzola to get even money and live on the vid or, no. or just, to, or what you tell me what the job is then. The job it, is to get people to bet because they're going to lose money. Right yes. Now. The reality that's, is that's, that, that's like exactly. a misconception is they're trying to get 50, 50 on that's bullshit. They want you to get fleeced on a game. People go, they bet. And then here's the problem. Like it would be okay if you're just betting straight bets at a sports book, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to bet like three or four picks this week, but people then parlay everything. Parlays they kill tease everything. They buy points. They do everything that is going to be in the sports book's favor. And in the long run, I mean, it doesn't matter for the sports book to get 50 50. Hey, the one thing about parlays, though, is sure, over time. But our boy Garner used to bet parlays. And when you clip those four and five bangers, it doesn't matter if he lost the first nine times. He's won 36 times when he hits a $3,000 parlay on like 100 bucks or whatever. Like, hey, no, no. But the thing is, you can't just scoff at parlays. You can win playing parlays. It's tougher. But the books don't have any. How do they get out of parlays? They can't. They, the they end, live and die with parlays, right? At the end of the day, you can win on anything in sports betting. You can win on teasers. You can win doing yeah. whatever. But when we're talking, like, just, just like you'd go to a casino, you don't play let it ride because let it ride is the biggest edge for the, for the, the casino. Well, I'll play it anyways because I'm just doing recreationally. And a lot of people will do that with parlays as well. But they have to understand that parlays and teasers are a much bigger edge for the sports book than if somebody were to just go in and place a bunch of straight wagers. And so that's what's the, the best game in the casino. It's Baccarat. It's like basically 50, 50. I play blackjack. I'm already at a disadvantage, but well, I don't want to sit there all black... fucking day to try to win 10 bucks. That's the problem. I'd rather have my streaks. Well, Cause that but... game is like basically a tug of war. Ding, 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 ding. Right. I like blackjack, but blackjack is the only game in the casino where you can actually get an edge over the house. Good. That's I play. Uh, you, if, if you, you, if... you can get an edge in craps. If you know every single bet. Can, yeah. Can, can you actually get yeah. an edge you, in craps? You, you can slant the odds into your favor very slightly in craps more than blackjack if you know every combination of bet that you can put out there and be able to cover it. Interesting. 
Yeah, no, that's why a lot this. of a lot of people play craps. It's just I, I I've been there like wasted in Vegas. I usually just are the guy, hey man, some guy's on fire. I'll ride his way, but it's a game that blackjack's my game. Like I, I'll sit down at the table and I could play for a weekend. Like I love blackjack. And you'd be funny, you'd laugh, Bazola. I'm more robotic in my blackjack play than I am. I don't go on fucking feelings and I love you and this and mm-hmm. that. Blackjack is a system. You play numbers, you play whatever. That's the bottom line. In other parts of my life, I'm an emotional person. In blackjack, I turn into a fucking cyborg and let's go. No, no, none of this dumb stuff. I just split in 20s and doing, oh, I'm on a 14 against a 10. I think I'm safe. Like you talked about with these mm-hmm. stupid coaches. That's Mike Zimmer at the table. I play with a lot of people like that. It's a recipe for uh, financial ruin. How, how do you handle the people at the table that don't know I, what they're doing? I usually try to, to be nice to them. I'm not going to be that guy who's going to be a prick. I go, listen, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have stayed on a 13 against you know, like whatever. And I say, this is why, because our percentages are going to get killed. Here's the deal. Here's one basic rule of blackjack. You got to assume a lot of the time the dealer has 20, you got to hit a 16. Or if you're going to, if you're going to stay in a 16, you do it every time. Consistency over time is the key to success. If you're going to you know what you could say 51% to 49 or whatever, I'm staying on a 60. I hit the 16 against the face every fucking time because that's what I've been told to do, but I can't change. I can't go, today's a different day. I feel this. I got an argument with my girlfriend. You do the same thing over and over and over again. You play the same way. Then when you get on your streak, especially better to do that when you're playing by yourself. If you're playing with other people, you know, people are going to do different things. That's, but that's, you, you take that at risk, right? If you're having a good time, having a drinks with some dude from Hawaii, in Vegas and, and you like the guy's company, you'll sit there and hopefully you play kind of the same way. Right. Yeah. Well, one thing, listen, one thing I've never been able to stand in the course of my entire life is the guy at the blackjack table yelling who's, at people. who's yelling at people. Yeah, like, I don't do oh, that. You, 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 you know, you screwed up my hand and the dealer would have busted. You don't do that. It's all, it's all rent. Like whether yeah. that guy hit or it's you all could random. do some, but Pozzola, like not hitting a 14 against the face. though is pretty fucking stupid. That's what I'm trying to and tell I, you. I'm like you. I, I'm not going to tell say, the guy. It I was would a say dumb to move. the person, like you say, know, you feel free yes. to play your money however you want. If I yes. was in your situation, I would, I would have probably hit that. That's um, what I usually do. I say, hey, man. Yeah. 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 See, I'm friendly. I, I, I don't I, yell I, at I people. Think, I think, nuts. I think that we've gone through this before, though. But realistically, if I'm just playing like an absolute wild card and changing my mind on everything that I do, it's not really affecting what you're no. doing. It, well, it, it 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 definitely like it's affecting the cards, right? But sure. it could work in my favor. It, could, it, it has could worked work in your favor. Me. Yes, yeah. I'm just saying it's. You know what, Pat? It's a good point by you. It's just more dangerous, and I've seen it. How but do it, but I it, say? It's, it's more work. it's more dangerous to the person that's doing it than the other people at the table. You notice it when someone yeah. doesn't hit a 16 yes. against an eight, and then the dealer ends up making a hand that they wouldn't otherwise have You're made, right. and you end up losing. You remember that, but you never remember yeah. the times that the the guy's like, "Oh, I'm going to stay on 12 against this face," and then the dealer goes face yeah. to face, and then he ends up busting, and you win. That's, you you it's you like it's like the good beats versus the bad beats in sports betting. You're only going to remember the bad beats because that's where excellent our are point. Wired. Excellent point, buddy. That's why I get up in the morning with the blue hairs and I play by myself or play with a senior citizen that knows what the hell they're doing because they've been playing the game for so long. It works for me. When the drunken idiots come out at three o'clock in the morning, hey, if you want to sit there and have a good time, that's your business. I'd probably rather just go to a table. If it's a money quest, you play blackjack solo. Yeah, honestly, if you're in a casino between, this is how I actually made money in college. If you're in a casino between like 11.30 p.m. and 3 a.m., there's only one spot to go if you have any sort of bankroll, and that is to the poker room and just pick off all the drunks that start walking in. Yeah, I'm going to tell you one thing. Poker is a game. 
Um, very, very unsuccessful. I, I have a red face, blonde eyebrows. I could wear a mask. I could wear a balaclava. Everyone knows, Pat, I used to play at a golf club. I'd start to sweat when I had good hands. Like I was like the best. Mar- People used to say, Cam, like, please play poker. I might as well just give them all my money. That's a game. Like, I can't lie either. I'm a horrible liar. So I stick to blackjack. That's all. I, I've never seen anyone at a table with a balaclava. I can tell you that. You, you could actually call no, my point being is like you, if you look at my face, you and Mayo would go, Cam's got a great hand. He's got a shit hand. You know when I'm trying to lie? Like I can't play poker. It's just not for me. It's, I can't which, fucking What you people. need is one of those, uh, like the Jets fans do. Uh, Cust would know all about a bag? the brown paper bag yeah, yeah, over their head one. and just cut out some <laughs> eyes and a breathing hole and you'd be fine. C- yes. Cust, also, Cust also has, uh, as he was told, they played poker the other night. I wasn't there, but someone actually finally called him out and was like, Cust, you have the biggest tell and everyone knows what it is. He's like, oh my God, he didn't know I was doing this. Anytime that Cust has a good hand, he is like visibly giddy that he has a good hand. <laughs> he's like oh and just immediately grabs his chips yeah. to put in the middle it's like all right i'll fold this one for you tim what what a what a t- like, <laughs> that's why i don't play poker too the guys would say they could actually see when i had a good hand like perspiration starting or like mm-hmm. change of hue in my face like no i'm not playing a game that I'm, i have no chance of winning Seriously, though, the, the brown bag would, like, it, it gets a, a lot of those problems are gone if you have the brown bag. Hard to find brown bags now. Everything's, like, synthetic, like, recycled bags. Oh, yeah, that's great. This new Indian store up the street, Namaste Grocery. The guy's like, oh, no, welcome to the new store. I come in there. A guy buy eggs. The guy gave me a bag. The handles fell off and a whole dozen <laughs> eggs smashed on my carpet. They're still there now because I didn't want to <laughs> deal with it before my show. I'm going to go out after this show, grab a hose, throw it in the backyard and start spraying some fucking eggs i can't believe it yeah why why you tried to save half a cent on the bag and you can't carry eggs sorry so when did these eggs crack when did these eggs uh crack? yesterday about four right after my four o'clock update i walked up to the store yeah about uh four yeah yeah four so away you've, you've four essentially 16. gone 18 hours with yes, raw there's, eggs. there's broke yeah yeah, yeah but, 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 but as we as over? as we learned last week that's still within the 24 hour rule so if you want to go full True. rocky that would not no, be I'm not eat, patrick no if i eat them i know i just no well, you, just you could redirect the sunlight you could redirect the sunlight with like a magnifying glass cook them right on the carpet and then eat them within 24 hours the only reason hours. i didn't tackle them is now we have cooler conditions i could just let them fester overnight and i'm just grab grab some water and anyway i'm doing that after this fucking show i'm going to clean my mats uh, okay. Car- Carolina okay. minus two and a half is my bronze pick, by the way. No, I just Pat, no, no, we can't do that because I got Giants plus three. I'm doing it. it. I, I hate to tell you, I'm doing it. This is good. This is good. It's okay. a guaranteed winner for somebody. Yeah, and, and yours is a silver pick. And so hopefully I'm wrong. We get some silver wins here to really try to <laughs> oh, balance boy. everything out. All right, Cam Stewart, sportsgrid.com. Tell everyone when you're on every day of the week, which you are, because people are always asking me, like, we need more Cam. It's like, Cam is on all the time. You can watch him. Yeah, when I'm not breaking eggs on my front uh, steps, I'm, I'm doing updates. Four to six, me and Morenci, if you guys like betting, trust me, they, the show's probably called Bet Every Game, the opposite <laughs> of what Rob does. Like, we just, like, if it's on the board, that's what we do. We bet a lot of games. So that's at uh, Sports Grid, uh, 6 p.m., 7 to 9, same network, in-game live. We look at some numbers, see if we can get you some uh, live winners. 
should be fun tonight with baseball, hockey, basketball. Everything's rolling right now. And uh, as you know, Pat, golf in Japan, Hideki leading, and uh, we have a lot of guys lingering. Good start. Uh, not going to lie to you, haven't watched a whole lot of the Zozo Championship that's on. It's a shit tournament this week. Yeah, it's it's a pretty bad tournament. Yeah. Uh, Rob Pizzola, betstamp.app, where you can go line shopping. I recommend DraftKings Sportsbook, the legal book in the United States, potentially in your state. But you also do the Sunday morning Periscope as well. I do. Sundays, if you follow me on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola, um, 11 a.m. weekly. I just go through my final thoughts on the board from top to bottom, let you know where I still think that there's some value. Very rarely there's value on Sunday mornings, but I throw in a few plays here or there, and I think it's pretty informative. People seem to really like it and ask me to do it every year. So, yeah, definitely you can check that out on Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. And shout out to my guy, Davis Maddock, because Rob was on the take cast this week. I, I po- popped it up. I was like, oh, God. Like Davis Maddock. Uh, oh, smart guy. guy. Uh, what, a, what a great dude that guy is. Oh, he's uh, very smart. A, yeah. He's a, on our network. A, a take cast that isn't about NFTs or crypto. I'll listen to this. We did talk about NFTs very towards brief, the end. Very briefly. Uh, very briefly. But, you know, he's he's like a pro host. Too. He's like Umeo, very professional in that he, he structured it in a way where he knew we're going to talk about sports for a while, NFTs and crypto at the end. So if you want to tune out, you can tune out. It's a good, good dude, that Davis Maddock. Also, Dallas Cowboys fan, so he gets a thumbs up in my book. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys fan who became a Chiefs fan as soon as the Chiefs were good. Yeah, well... I'm not, I, I'm not in a position to comment on that. I did not know that to be the case. And if it were the case, it would slightly change my opinion of Davis Maddock a little bit. I had some tech questions to ask you, but we don't have enough time, so I'll talk about it next week. All right. Tech questions with Cam, cooking with Cust. We got all the spinoff shows coming at you on Mayo Media Network, so subscribe to the network, smash the like, play in the Listener's League, and use runthesims.com slash mayo for that discount. Get the monthly try it out. It's been very successful, especially over the last three weeks, and we get into the dog days of the NFL with bye weeks, with injuries, is the perfect time to just let the computer do the work for you and then you can tweak it in any way you want i'm pat mayo thank you for watching i'll see you next time experience experience